medical industry is undergoing a transformation. During the last five years, more changes have taken place than in recent decades. My guest today is a man who's leading the charge for the Spanish car industry, with plans to electrify its factories and develop more sustainable solutions for urban transportation. Wayne Griffiths is president of Seat and Cupra. He spoke to me from Barcelona to offer his insight on the next generation of consumers looking for mobility. I'm Tyler Brulé in Zurich, and this is The Chiefs on Monocle 24. First, thank you very much for, for talking to us. I wanted to maybe start, uh, and let's start in the galaxy of the group, of course, the Volkswagen group, of course, of which Seat is a part. When you have such a, a galaxy of brands at the parent level, for someone who is looking for a new vehicle, an additional vehicle potentially, Wayne, where does Seat sit within the Volkswagen landscape and, of course, the automotive landscape in a broader sense? Yeah, I mean, um, SEAT is, 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 is our company name here. SEAT stands for Sociedad Española Automobilis Turismo, so the, the Spanish car manufacturer. And as the Spanish car manufacturer, we have two brands, SEAT and Cupra. And strategically talking about the, the future, I would focus much more on Cupra and where, where Cupra sits in the portfolio of, of brands of the Volkswagen Group. Uh, particularly looking forward to the future and electric brands. Now, the Volkswagen Group, in my view, and I've worked for the group now for over 30 years, a long time at Audi, has probably the best brand portfolio in the world with brands like Bugatti, Lamborghini, Bentley, Porsche, Audi, Volkswagen, Skoda, Ducati, and many more. So, so a great range of brands, but all of those brands are either premium prestige brands or heritage brands based on tradition. And there is no new, brand new from scratch brand in the Volkswagen Group contemporary brand. And, and why do I say that that's important? Because I believe there's a generation of young customers now coming on the market that are looking for brands, new brands, different than those what their parents or grandparents drove or used. And I think if the Volkswagen Group is going to compete against these new emerging brands, particularly with the disruption from combustion to electric cars, then they will need an answer to that. And part of that answer could be Cooper in the future because we are a contemporary brand built from scratch, a brand that fits with the, the, the values of this next generation of customers. Let's come back to the Cupra uh, in a moment. I want to talk about the next generation as we move forward. So what do we hear today? And maybe you have a body of research from within Seat, within the Volkswagen Group, which points in another direction. But I constantly hear that, uh, and, and even personally, I meet the 19-year-old, the even the 30-year-old, who doesn't have a driver's license, who has no desire to have a, a driver's license. The notion of actually owning a vehicle is just not interesting to them. They would rather ride the bike, they'd rather take the train, et cetera, et cetera. In many ways, we, we know the narrative of this customer. What gives you the confidence that there's room to, to take Cupra to even address such a market when we hear that there are, of course, headwinds to find this type of consumer? I believe... Obviously, there will be consumers that just want to pay for mobility and, and don't have an emotional link or bond to the, to the brand because all they want to buy is mobility. And there, there are customers, we've experienced that with Seat. I mean, we, we set up a company, Seat Mo, that provides mobility. And that's an, you know, it's an exciting new business, but it's not what Cooper's focusing on. Cooper's is for, still focusing on younger customers, on average 10 years younger than the rest of Volkswagen Group brands and the rest of the market. We believe even in the future and even in an electronic age that there will still be a, a generation of car lovers out there and people who, who love cars 
and that even in the future that electric cars don't have to be boring and that people will want more than just a, a rational experience that transport from A to B, but want a brand experience. And the brands that deliver those experiences are the ones that will win. And it, it has to be more than product at the end of the day, because if you're only delivering a great product, but the, around that product, there needs to be an aura, a brand experience, something that fits with what these customers are looking for. So I believe even in the future that you're right, there will be some customers that, that don't really care about owning a car or the brand of the car, they just want mobility. But in the future as well, I think there'll still be a, a generation of, of car lovers out there. Well, I have to say that was a bit of a trick question because I'm glad that you've come out swinging in favour of, of people who do want to to drive cars because it's it's often curious talking to CEOs and leaders from a variety of sectors who say, well, yes, that's kind of the future. We have to adapt to people like that. And, and, and it's, uh, yeah, we're really sort of fighting a downward battle because, and I say a trick question because I do believe we also speak to lots of people who say, I would still love to own a great car. I, I love cars as much as I can remember recently talking to the head of a watch company. And it was just very interesting, you know, a lot of people say, well, we don't want to own a watch anymore. Who needs a watch when I've got a phone? But, you know, it's interesting. A lot of people say, yeah, I would love to have, you know, a fantastic watch from a great Swiss manufacturer as well, no matter what my phone does. So it's from that point of confidence, Wayne, t- tell me a little bit about where Cupra fits into it. And remember that you're speaking to a global audience as well. Not all people in all markets around the world uh, who are listening to this are going to be even familiar with the brand. Let me just come back to this question about car lovers and things, because an important point I'd like to make, we are quite radical on this approach. You know, we want to stand out as a brand because we stand for something. We want to stand for something we want to stand for is is, is great design created in Barcelona, inspiring the world from Barcelona, because that is a a real cool city where great design happens. We've got great designers here and deliver performance. And all the cars we do, the whole car, the whole design, the whole experience is around the driver. We don't do democratic cars for the passengers in the cars. We don't put screens in the cars that are democratic for everybody else in the car. The whole thing is around the driver and the driving experience. And even in a, in a future world where cars are electric and there will be a lot of autonomous cars and other stuff, we will still be the, the brand that offers this driving and emotional experience. We want to stand out for standing for that. Whereas a lot of others are going into cars that is a place to where you can really use your time because the autonomous system takes over or whatever. But we always want to do cars for drivers. And we stand for that. And that will make us stand out, I think. And as I said before, we still think that there will be customers looking for that. Coming back to your question on on global and how we want to make the brand aware. I mean, the brand's only existed for four years. We're four years old, but we've already sold 150,000 cars. On our way to doubling sales against last year, we did 80,000 cars last year, almost doubling our sales this year. In Europe, we were already, already ahead of some other big brands like Tesla in market share or far ahead than a lot of other brands that have been around a lot longer than we have. And that basically with one car, with the Cupra Form and Tour, because we've only just launched the Cupra Born. So I think, you know, you're going to have to give us a bit of, a bit of time. We're not going to solve this awareness problem, not with just our marketing, that the awareness problem will come as we get bring more cars onto the street. And if we continue this evolution and growth, this exponential growth that we're seeing in the future, then you will see more and more Coopers on the street. And with that, more and more brand awareness, particularly starting in Europe. However, with Cupra, we also have the ambition of creating a global brand made in Spain, in Barcelona, inspiring the world from Barcelona. And we're already in South America. 
And we're obviously looking at future markets like North America in, in a second step. So I think we need to have that global ambition as well. Well, first, I need to say, and just going back to the point you were trying to make, thank goodness that you do not have a stated ambition to make a living room on wheels, because I think there's enough people out there, it seems, they may or may not be competitors, but certainly they're in the automotive space, who, as you're saying, just want to, to make to make a vehicle that you're very, very passive, and it's going to take you from, from A to B. So cheers and bravo to the fact that uh, you're going to be delivering something that, that drivers are properly interested in. I'm now curious about the geography, that you're going down under. You talk of being from, of course, the Spanish world, from Barcelona. Does Cooper have a sunny disposition? Because <laughs> you're, you're sort of in a bit of a semi-tropical mindset, it sounds like. No, I mean, we live in Mediterranean, we're near the beach, the sea, it inspires us here. So I think there is a natural fit with other places in the world that, that have this optimistic, open attitude that are not fixed in the past and more contemporary and looking to the future. So that, therefore, I think Australia is a great opportunity for that. But I was also in uh, Israel, in Tel Aviv, and I felt the buzz there as well. And that's uh, another great city where, where our brand's going to become huge, I think. And there's, because they're quite open as well, trend setting. So anywhere where, where people are looking forward and looking ahead, uh, I think that's where Cooper will, will be, you know, find it, itself a good spot. There are many places in the world like that, but the, the Australia thing for us was a, is a real, shows the size of our ambition going so far away in, in a market that's very competitive. But I think we will fit very, very well with that. Um, we have Cooper City garages now all over the world, but we try and find cities and places that fit quite well with Barcelona. We try and bring Barcelona to those places. So we've got one in Munich, in Lisboa. I just opened one in Rotterdam. Like I say, we're going down to Sydney. We've got one in Mexico City. So we look for, for cities where the trends are happening and, and, and establish our Cooper City garages there that are not car showrooms, by the way. They're, they're more brand experience centers. And that brings this spirit of Barcelona to, to the world. So I'm curious how much you co-opt, well, both the Barcelona brand and and. You speak of Spain as well, and that can also become a very political discussion, which we're not going to get into in this program. But there is a Spain moment happening for sure. And you know, having just come from the Furniture Fair in Milan, and then you're talking about trend-setting cities, it's amazing to see the power of companies in and around where you are in Barcelona. Uh, certainly, uh, if you go to Valencia as well, uh, the power of fashion manufacturing and shoes in Alicante, the, the, the Malaga moment that's happening right now, as much as Madrid and things happening all over the country. So there is this Spanish moment that you're able to ride. So timing is, is great for the Cooper and I guess Seat in general. How much do you have to tell those Spanish stories? Because it is interesting, isn't it? You know, we, we're in also a moment where a lot of brands just want to be seen as international. Okay, yeah, my car might be German or my, my car uh, might have hailed from the UK. But a lot of companies just want to talk about the power of their own brand, not the power of the nation it comes from. So how do you weave Spain into that story? And, and yeah, who's sort of pushing and pulling who here? No, I think we're very proud that we're from, from Spain. I think we can be proud. I think you're right that when you talk about cars, you would normally look for the German premium manufacturers, Audi, BMW, Mercedes, Porsche, a lot of great names, or some of the, the, the British brands, Jaguar and so on, and iconic brands. But looking towards a future where, where new brands are emerging, if those new brands that are emerging have something that they stand for and stand out for, 
then I think that's going to make them relevant. And what is the input from us here? We can talk about Spain or Barcelona, and we mix both. But at the moment, we're focusing very much on the Barcelona story because it is authentic. We are from Barcelona. We live in Barcelona. I'm talking to you now here live from my office in Paseo de Gracia Diagonal in our Casa Ser that we created here in Barcelona. We're proud to be from this city. And why is that the case? Because this city, I'm telling you now, the light here is incredible. Uh, the, the architecture, the design that you see in the Catalan modernism or, or the apartment that I, that, I, that I bought here near Casa Ser and I renovated with the mosaic floors and all the design. It's so inspiring. There's so much source of inspiration in this city that if we can translate this into our products and our design, which our designers do because they live here and not in a f foggy, cold uh, city somewhere else in Europe. I mean, we're here in a place where the sun shines almost 300 days of the year. We're on the beach. We live on the beach. It, it's a huge source of inspiration. And if we can bring that to the world in the products we do, in the way we are as a brand, because as I said before, the, the brand is more than its products, it's its people. We talk about the Cooper tribe, the people from here, our attitude, our challenger attitude, challenging the conventional, our optimism, despite all the transformation and all the changes. I think if we can get that spirit out of Barcelona and into the world, it's something really, really exciting. And on, on a Spanish level, Obviously, we are investing together with the Volkswagen Group here 10 billion euro in, in electrifying Spain. We want to make Spain the hub of electromobility by 2025. We're electrifying our plant here in Maturel. We're electrifying Pamplona. We're building a battery factory uh, in uh, the Volkswagen Group is building a, fact, a battery factory in Valencia. So we will be the impulse of electrification in Spain, but also in, in, in Europe. It's fantastic that there is uh, so much going on in terms of electrification of, of plants, but you also need the infrastructure around you at the same time. So you can be doing all of these things in Spain. It's great. And if the vehicle ends up in Switzerland, then that's good because, uh, you know, Switzerland may or may not be more advanced than, uh, th than Spain. But having just been through Madrid recently, I just did not see the amount of, of charging stations that I'm seeing elsewhere in, in Europe. So with all the goodwill in the world, when you think about also your home market, your domestic market, how much is Seat or the Volkswagen Group also getting involved in also infrastructure or at least supporting infrastructure as well to make sure that I can charge my vehicle? Yeah, I know it's a good point you're making, uh, but a lot of this is chicken and egg. And you've seen this in other markets as well. The infrastructure happens when the cars start getting into the market. And that's not been the case here up to now because the, the Spanish government up to now is not really incentivize much the electric car sales. That's changing now. And the government are behind it. They have a plan of supporting electric cars like in Norway or in, in, in the Northern Europe or in Germany. So I think as you see the electric cars, the infrastructure comes after that. People will not put the infrastructure in until the cars are there. So it's a bit of chicken and egg. How are we involved? I'm also president of the um, Car Manufacturers Association in Spain. So I'm leading the lobbying towards the government on all car manufacturing issues in Spain since the end of last year. And one of the things I've been really pushing the government on is the, the preparation of infrastructure, re, uh, charging, public charging infrastructure, because you're right, we need to accelerate fast. And I was in a meeting um, in Madrid with Pedro Sanchez that was being chaired by the, the prime minister himself to push this because it's a complicated matter. You know, you said, how are you getting involved as a car manufacturer? It's not really our stuff to do the infrastructure. It's the energy companies or the uh, the, the local authorities as well. So I think they've come up now with a, with a, a big working team across uh, public and private sector together across different industry sectors as well. So 
you need the parking, the people who are running the parking in here, the parking business, the people who are running the energy business, the local authorities, and all sat around one table now, trying to come up with a plan how we can accelerate the rollout of the infrastructure. It's interesting when you talk about design and also the spirit, the optimism of Spain. I suddenly, yeah, I'm seeing sort of winding roads along the coast of, uh, you know, of, of Catalonia. Uh, I'm seeing, you know, myself in a vehicle, you know, going down a fantastic boulevard uh, in Madrid. There's something very evocative about all of these design cues, the sunny optimism, etc. I'm wondering when you look at your lineup, do you have, do you feel you have the vehicles that reflect that? And I'm, this is a now a very personal question. I've been looking for just a, a, a you know, a fun, easy, um, in a way, when I think about the spirit of Spain, uh, convertible uh, that I want to drive around Zurich. I sort of, I keep on coming back to buying an old Golf, and maybe that's just because that's, you know, the world of cabriolets that, that I think of. But try to sell me something. Is there something for me in, in the current lineup or is, is something on the horizon, on the, the drawing board, or maybe in the clay model studio that's coming down the track for me? We just had a presentation here where we showed the whole Cooper lineup for the future six, seven cars, obviously building on the strength of the Cooper Formator, which was our first 100% DNA, which is an incredible successful car winning prizes everywhere. And I think is the first 100% Cooper we've done with all the design DNA in that car. Then our first electric car, the Cooper Bon. You say cabrios and cabrios coming from Spain, but in Spain, nobody drives cabrios. You need to understand that people like driving cabrios in Switzerland, like you say, or in the UK or in, in Germany because the sun doesn't shine very often. And when it does, you want to open the, the roof here. The last thing you want to do is have an open roof because you're going to get sunburned or the car will get broken into, particularly in South Europe. So cabrios in, in Southern Europe have never really sold. The car though that I would try and sell you and propose to you would be the Cupra Urban Rebel. Uh, the car that we launched uh, to the world here, which I think is uh, a real game changer. It proves that electric cars can be really emotional, sexy, great fun to drive with a great design and that car had a huge reception here over the uh, over the week that we presented it here to the different stakeholders our dealers the press and everything and got a huge positive reception and i think that would be the car that i would would tell you that will really be what cupra stands for uh, from 2025 onwards when the car will be launched and also not only made in spain in barcelona but developed here and designed here and just on the design side, I, I want to focus a little bit on, of course, we hear about a great global talent crisis at the moment. That's just not on, of course, people who can do business development for brands. It's not just a talent crisis on assembly lines. It also exists in the world of, of design as well. Are you feeling a little bit um, maybe smug and happy that you are sitting in Barcelona at a time when people are rethinking about not just the way they want to work, but also where they want to work as well? I know historically, obviously, yeah, I mean, in and around Barcelona has been very important to the to, to the Volkswagen Group in in general. Do you see this uh, as an important factor? The geography, uh, not just the brand, but also where you sit as a company, important for talent attraction. We have a big meeting here with with all the designers from the Volkswagen Group because of our situation and our location here, and the fact that the sun shines almost every day and the light. That we have big design presentations here, not only just for our brands, for, for Seat and Cupra, but also for the whole Volkswagen Group. The Volkswagen Group come here with all their new models in a specific place, and we look at them here. So I think uh, we are in a unique, it's one of our unique selling propositions here for the talent or uh, attraction opportunities for the talent. 
And as I said before, I mean, designers that have the opportunity in working in a city that's on the beach with a great architecture, great design, great light, and sure, it's more inspirational for them than working in a foggy city somewhere else in Europe, where some of the other car manufacturers are based. Okay, Wayne, you have to stop painting all of those evocative pictures because I don't care what you say about people breaking into cars or whatever. I think there is room for uh, an iconic cabriolet. The urban vehicle you mentioned looks very attractive, but I still think there's probably lots of people in Germany, etc., who do want to drive a cabrio. So I'm going I'm to lobby that for one more moment. But before we go, I'm curious, when you look at, yeah, out across, not just where businesses in general need to get uh, across 22, but... Your view to 23, and I know that you don't, as lovely as it is in Barcelona, you don't have a crystal ball, but your your sense of the marketplace right now, Wayne, and we know that, yes, inflation is, is incredibly high in Spain, double double digit. I was just looking on the ticker right now. So clearly you know, a lot of issues and, and hurdles, but you also uh, mentioned the word optimistic uh, quite a few times. Your take on the market, development of, of, of the Cooper brand, uh, Seat in, in general, how are you feeling within the group, but also your ambitions globally? No, I think obviously there are tough times ahead for all car manufacturers with lots of challenges. It started obviously with the COVID, then from COVID we went into semiconductor. Semiconductor, we went into the uh, uh, war between Russia and Ukraine that led to a shortage of, of key material from there. Uh, we're facing an energy crisis, there's inflation, all the things you're talking about. And I, I think we're going to have to get used to living in, the, in this crisis mode. And that the only thing that is certain, there's nothing certain anymore. Um, and there are two ways of doing that. You can look at it and see what all the risks are and try and mitigate risks all the time and try and preserve and maintain. Or you take a different mindset and go out and say, OK, what are the opportunities of these changes? Because these crises, all of them together, are speeding up the transformation that was necessary anyway. The transformation that was necessary on, on the change from combustion engines to electric engines to, to reducing CO2. Therefore, I think... You see all these challenges, you need, we need to see them as positive um, and not only as, as, as risks. And those are brands that I think that do look for the opportunities in the transformation in these crisis environment that we're going to have to get used to. I don't think it's going away. I think there's going to be one after the other over the next period. And therefore, try and be flexible and manage and look for the opportunities and look for the upside and not the downside. Therefore, I'm optimistic. We're an optimistic brand. I'm an optimistic person. We have great order banks. I mean, Cooper is really, you know, we're sold out basically on, on Fomenton and Bourne. My bigger concern is, is building the cars at the moment, not the demand side. It's the supply side with all the challenges around raw materials, energy, uh, semiconductor shortages. So those are the things that are creating as a problem. But we're trying to manage through those, look for solutions, try and do more of those components here in Spain. So if, if we're struggling because those components for geopolitical reasons are not being built around the world, then we need to get it back here in Spain or in Europe. So that you could see as an opportunity. And in general, I think, you know, we, we've had a couple of years where demand for cars has been down because people have not been able to change their cars because they've been in lockdown and whatever. So I still think there's a big pent up demand out there and a need to change the car park. And we're at the right time to do that with new cars that are also electric and, and sustainable for the future. So I'm, I'm optimistic. My thanks to the president of Seat, Wayne Griffiths. This episode of The Chiefs was produced by Tom Edwards, edited by Stephanie Chungu and recorded by Desiree Bandley. I'm Tyler Brulé. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time. Goodbye.